Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Wilson Podcast. We got two Wilsons, twice a week, talking about a whole lot of different things. I am your heart, question mark, host, Brian Wilson. Pip-pip cheerios. I'm your heart healthy host, Jay Wilson. And on this episode, we catch up on just a couple things that um, I've experienced out in the wild recently. Discuss, Jay, my thoughts on a couple of technological innovations Mm -hmm. that we've seen around. And then after that, we get into part two, part two of my heart health update. Because since the last episode, I've learned more. I have more knowledge in my brain tank. And... A lot of emotions came along with all of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. But, spoiler alert, uh, we ended in a good place. There's no panic or dread. So, just talking about kind of my emotional journey as I learned about everything that's going on with my heart. I thought it would be a cool thing to share and just to remember forever. Mm-hmm. So, I'm subjecting you to it as well. Let's do it. <laughs> Audio. All right. I thought I set my watch to do not disturb, but I guess I didn't. All right. Phone is do not disturb. Um, oh, I just started recording. Oh, jeez. Okay. Okay. Five, four, Five, three, four, two, three one. two, one. Are we going to re- include the hand counts so people know how no. off our timing is? Just yeah, to give could. us some slack. I think we have to keep people up don't the know how hard this is. <laughs> I think yeah, we okay. have to keep up the facade of professionalism <clears throat> that we put okay. on so well. You ready? Uh huh. Oh, didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> um, Jay, to kick off the episode today, the city that I'm currently in is an out. Al- the name of it is an alcoholic drink. I'll give you three guesses what city I'm in. Beer. <laughs> it's not beer. It is uh, close. It I is like a type it. of drink. Oh, really? Yeah. Wine? Closer. Everyone here oh, is really oh, bubbly. Oh. I, I was going to say, uh, oh wait, champagne? I'm in Champaign, Champaign Illinois. Illinois. Yep, you got it. I think it. I've been to Champaign, Illinois. For what? Running. Oh, yeah. There's a Illinois... Yeah. Or, like, University of Illinois is here or something. Yeah. I drove to and from this past year. It was the wow. worst. Wow. No, it was actually fun, but... Full circle. How about it? <laughs> well, did you know that you were 30 minutes away from a nuclear power plant when you were running? It felt like it, yeah. <laughs> okay don't say that like, stupid people up. will think people will actually think that you can feel it i ran pretty slow there so i'm gonna blame that all right i'll yeah. we can do an episode on why radiation isn't an issue and why nuclear power is quite not dangerous some other time <laughs> a performance enhancer um for running not sexy times um so what you said you had something you wanted to talk to me about before the subject. Um, yeah, that was one of the things. Just a, a couple random things that I've encountered in the wild, Jay, that I want to get your input on, you know? Okay. Because one... First. One of these... Birds. <laughs> Some of those guys. <laughs> one of these things I know you've encountered because you've been to uh, Robert's house while we were there for Kyle's wedding. Is it Ollie? Um, not Ollie, although Ollie is great. Great but... dog. Did you see um, Robert's shower in his downstairs bathroom? Mm-hmm. Did you use it? Yeah. All right. Did you notice any unique features of his shower? Uh, no. No. Oh, wait, yeah, were... it didn't have a door. <laughs> yeah, no door. <laughs> I was yeah, like, this was seems weird. like a like a modern touch thing that is interesting. Yeah, a modern touch that gets the floor wet. <laughs> like, yeah. So <laughs> the 
the hotel that I'm in in Champaign, Illinois now, mm-hmm. same thing. No door on the shower. It's just kind of like it's just kind of extra long so that An the wall goes a little farther. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then it's just open. So I wanted to know your initial thoughts on it. It's they sound uh ooh, it's they sound like you're skeptical. You know what I wouldn't mind that I'm realizing, but I think would be gross and almost everybody would hate it. Um <laughs> is if you had if you had a bathroom like a locker room bathroom where it's just a spigot off the wall and the whole room's tiled the same and you have a drain in the center. Like I, mean, I don't think anyone would like that. I think you would be yeah, hard pressed to tr- find someone who would like that. I'm trying to think if it'd be if it would be grosser. Because I feel like, okay, the reason people wear shoes in those showers is because there's a bunch of strangers. It's not inherently, like, the design that makes the floor germy, right? I mean, we stand in our own tubs. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. I don't think it'd be cool. I think it would be chaotic. You can't... (laughs) Where are you putting your toilet paper, If I can't rely on you to confirm my weird ideas, (laughs) it's not gonna be... Okay. It'll be across the room by the toilet. Like, you're not gonna get tissues on the back of the seat? Where's your toothbrush? Where's all the medicine? Where's your hair straightener? There's still everything else, Brian. I'm just saying, like, you could you could class it up. It would just be, like, tiled in a spigot, no walls, open concept bathroom. I don't know. I just think it would... Imagine just, things would get imagine wet just you don't want walking over to a corner of your bathroom and turning on the water and you're just... It's like, it's like how there's the shower orange community. It's like just the freedom. Shower orange? Yeah, it's like you get an ice cold orange. Not ice cold, because it wouldn't be a rock, but like a cold orange in the hot shower, and you just like tear into it like an animal, because it's like you don't have to worry about the juices. This is another thing I've never heard about. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. It's look it up. <laughs> I'm Do more you, of a shower beer gonna, man myself, but. Am I going to be watching videos of people in the shower? No, like, it, it'll just be like somebody will take a picture of like an orange carcass in the bottom of their tub and be like, boy, that was a good one. (laughs) Well, then how do you know what's happening leading up to that? I think they talk about it on, like, in Reddit, I think. I don't know. I don't like this. It kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, Because then just seeing that carcass (laughs) of an orange in the bottom of the shower, I'm picturing a naked person, like, being bestial tearing into this fruit i don't know yeah i think that's the whole allure of the community um okay. but enough of well, that we got I, a lot more to cover so is, well, is that hold on any what other wild <laughs> sorry my critique on the open door showers is yeah number one it gets the rest of the bathroom wet which i guess your full tile bathroom kind of solves that issue maybe i feel like it's still a lot of slip hazards. i guess it would but like yeah the world's not ready for a doorless shower as it stands yeah my other critique is one of the best parts of the shower is getting your little steam heat bubble in there and you're nice and warm, but when there when there's no door... Kelly was upset about that specifically, yeah. Yeah, especially they kept their house pretty cold, so it did not mm-hmm. get very warm. Like, as, as soon as you step out of the water, you're cold. So, yeah. I am firmly planted in the anti-open door shower concept at this point, so I hope it does not spread any farther than uh, Champaign, Illinois. Well, you know how much Robert loves Champaign, Illinois. That's probably where he got the idea. Yeah, I know. He used to frequent here during his college days. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, so that's uh, one thing. All right. The other thing I think is okay, going to be unanimously good. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've been driving around Champaign, Illinois. You know, lots of cornfields around mm-hmm. here. Lots of weird intersections. And have you ever been to an intersection where it's not exactly 90 degrees? It's like kind of a like an acute angle yeah. coming in. And I, then I live the, right at one, actually. The road coming in has a stop sign, but you can see the mm-hmm. stop sign. So if you're not from here, then you're like, is yeah. that stop sign for me? And you get confused. Mm-hmm. Well, Jay, the stop yeah. signs here have blinders on them. So you can see the stop sign. You know there's, there's a stop sign there, but there's blinders, so you can't see the word stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a very simple solution to a very obvious problem, I think. Credit to nice. the people in Champaign. Um, and, I mean, I guess they should have had that figured out sooner because, well, maybe they did, but they have those on, like, traffic lights, so you can't see opposing traffic yeah. lights. Yeah. Very simple. It's like I'm about to start taking Board. little metal scraps and 
stapling them to stop signs to solve this issue elsewhere. Yeah. Do you uh, do you remember the day when we realized, or I don't know if we realized this at the same time or in each other's presence, but when we realized that, uh, at least when I did, that like brake lights are red because that's the stop color and like they're on the back of vehicles and you're not allowed to have red lights on the front of your vehicle. This was a realization you had? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've never thought about it, but I guess that makes sense. Like, red in general. Yeah, it's like a little stop color. stoplight on the back of your own car. Oh, interesting. Helps you control traffic. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a very high-stakes stoplight that you can actuate on your own because you're really putting your money where your mouth is when you turn on that stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, um... But anyhow, okay, well, those are two interesting observations. I have some observations from the most recent wedding I went to that I wanted to share with you. That you didn't get them all out in humorous. your wedding bracket? We I, we might have talked about it, but I wanted to tell you about it. I, if it doubles up, I don't care. But um, the most recent wedding we went to, it was we were the most extras of any of the weddings that we had gone to. Like It was Kelly's family friend, who like her older siblings were closer with that sibling than she was. And then I was her plus one. Okay, so that's like, like I no, the most distant relation no you can have to a wedding. Yeah. So, it was... Um, so, since you were such a nobody at this wedding, did it give you more confidence to partake in the garter toss? No. No, there was no garter <laughs> toss. Um, this was also the most, like... Uh, what's the What's the word... Like, I don't know, like, modernized wedding. Like, it was, like, kind of akin to yours where it's, like, religion wasn't necessarily the center of the mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, Some might say not present at all. And I honestly forget what the service was like. It was, like, one of their friends officiated. Like, it was kind of, like, you know, it was akin to yours closer. Mm -hmm. But, um, but <laughs> in, in RSCPing for this wedding, Kelly basically clicked a link where it just asks you, like, your name, and then some details. And then she said, oh, Kelly Kuzno. And then she, like, hit next, and then I said, your name. And then she was just like, um, Kelly Kuzno. And then she continued, Boy. and then it said, thanks. And then Kelly was like, oh, I did something wrong there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, in addition to being probably the most tangentially related person to this wedding... Because they didn't get my name on the seating table chart, it had, like, everybody's names and then uh -huh. Kelly's guest. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so every time I'd be introduced to somebody, they would be like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I'd be like, oh, I'm Kelly's guest. Like, <laughs> And that's a, that's a really one-way joke because then they feel weird because they're just like, is this Kelly's boyfriend? I thought she had a boyfriend and <laughs> I still don't know this person's name. What's that yeah. about? <laughs> but um, that's great. But I thought, I thought it was very, it was a little fun thing for me that, that afternoon evening. But, um, I want to tell you a few of the details about the wedding because this couple was, they were something. I really liked this wedding. First of all, like their decorations were beautiful. The ceremony was great. Um, the food was amazing. Like it was a, all around a great wedding. Um, but hearing how they met, I don't think Kelly knew how they had met either, but apparently, so they were both huge video game nerds, right? Mm -hmm. And the guy had ordered, it might've been some Call of Duty game or some, he ordered a game like pre-order. He was really excited about it. And when it arrived, it was the next game in the destiny franchise and not the game he had ordered. Okay. So he was like, well, shoot, I didn't order this game, but whatever, I'll play it. So he was playing that, and he met this woman on the Destiny, whatever number it is, servers. No way. And then, like, they started playing together, like, had, like, a group, because apparently it's, like, a very team-oriented game. So I think you, like, would play with the same group over and over. Like, uh -huh. you would, like, meet people and then, like, form, like, a squad that competes together often. Okay. Um so, like, they were in a group together, and then they just, like, became, like, really good friends, and then eventually they, like, met up, and then, like, he, like, was, they fell in love and started dating, and, like... That's incredible. She moved from states away to, like, live in Michigan with him, like... Wow. Yeah. And the game's called Destiny, Brian. <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> but, uh, 
But so that was one thing. But then also, <laughs> so you're like sitting there, like hearing this story and and talking about it. I think it was the groom actually gave a speech where he was saying, and the like the first thing my family said to me when they met her was, well, we just her <laughs> when I was telling my family about her, the first thing they said was. Are you sure she's not a man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like and like all these like catfishing jokes cuz like it is wild that they met each other on like online in a video game. But then also it was pro- one of the like funnier parts of it was that like not only was she not catfishing him and she was a woman, but she's like absolutely gorgeous. Like she was stunning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just like met her online in a video game and started talking to her. But um Oh yeah, so that was just a very interesting tidbit of that wedding. Yeah. Um, so destiny brought them together. That's that's really yeah. funny. No, it's a great story. Um, beautiful couple. They were obviously very much in love. But um, another thing about this wedding that I found interesting about myself is that mm. being that tangentially this, this wedding related, was mostly about you, right? It was, yes. Um, well, if anything, it was the least about me that any of these weddings that were not my weddings have been. Because... <laughs> yeah. Um... Because <laughs> you know us, gifts. we like to get out there and, and dance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wasn't comfortable dancing on this dance floor. It was like a it was a smaller dance floor. It wasn't too bumping. But mm-hmm. I realized it was the first time I'd been at a wedding where, um, you know, it's. I thought that I would be comfortable on any dance floor. It's not necessarily I need to know the people there. It's like I'll go to a bar and dance like the same. I'll dance anywhere else. But, um, and there I don't really know anybody, but something about the vibe of me not knowing any of those people and all of them knowing each other, it it pushed me away. Very intimidating. Yeah, I didn't, I did I danced a little bit, but not a ton. Huh. Yeah. That's a tough one. So, yeah. Was was... Kelly out on the dance floor? Uh, she was never out there without me, I don't think. Okay. Cause she didn't really know anybody either, except for the family that the wedding was for, the groom's family. Okay. So yeah, I guess there is a there is a ceiling or some level of barrier that will keep Jay off a dance floor. That's that's news. I was like, it's not my place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was the only tidbit I really wanted to share with you. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Should the we last right thing I wanted. Then? Yeah, the last yeah. thing I wanted to talk about. Um, in keeping up with the whole update, I guess we didn't really do a whole update on my life, but I am in Champaign, Illinois, working an outage, so I'm about to be working a lot and not have a lot of free time, but I did want to give an update on my heart, because we did an episode a while back, I don't remember how far back now, but talking about all my heart condition stuff, and in the past Mm -hmm. few weeks, I had more heart appointments to get more information on everything, because I think the takeaway last time was like, Everything's fine. No worries. And I think, mm. by and large, that's still the takeaway. But we know more now. And I just kind of... I've been telling everybody that I run into about it. Because I'm not very, like, mm-hmm. ooh, don't talk about... It's not a taboo subject for me. It's like, if someone asks, I'm like, yeah, here's what's mm-hmm. going on. So I kind of figured I would just do an episode about it. And then it'll be on the record for future generations and for posterity. Because I also wanted to talk about... Just how I feel about everything, too. Because I think it mm-hmm. is pretty emotional, I guess, knowing these things. And just kind of some I of the thoughts that I've been... I got emotional Kyle's wedding. Yeah, some of the thoughts I've been kind of flying through. So, and yeah, talking, talking to you about the hard like... thing. I, did, I'm, I'm... <laughs> was just, I got emotional at Kyle's wedding, just, just to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm totally <laughs> no, willing we, we to joke about it. about it. And we mess around with our friends. But, yeah, there were a few people that I sat down and I was like, no, like, here's what's actually going on. And it is kind of, like, sobering to think about and they're like Mm -hmm. oh wow so yeah i kind of wanted to capture that feeling in the podcast so that we can remember it for eternity Mm -hmm. so to be sober yeah who would want that so to kick it off just kind of a recap of where we were before or how we got here previously on brian's heart so in 2019 when I first moved to Wilmington, was running. That's the first time I ever passed out from running. Um, and it was, was that, interesting wait. circumstances. Huh, what? Was yeah. that before or after you had your mini thing at the track with me? Yeah, 
<laughs> that was after the mini thing. Which, okay. honestly, in hindsight, was probably more significant of a thing. But, yeah. Yeah. I guess I've never really brought that up. But my first real full pass at... Because that was just, like, I got super lightheaded and kind of, like, browned out for a moment, minute, I guess. Yeah, like, we, or like a we were, like... Yeah, we were, like, talking between reps of this workout, and then you... I, like... I didn't notice what had happened. Like, I turned around, and you were, like, laying down, and I was just like, are you okay? And then you were just like, yeah, go. And I was like, okay. And then... Yeah, so I was never, like, fully out. It was just kind of like a lightheaded, like, ooh, I need to lay down kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, 2019 was the first time I really passed out, so that was scary. And it was... I was warming up for a track workout, went to the bathroom, number two, and then I came out of the porta potty and was walking back to the track and was like, ooh, I'm feeling kind of lightheaded. And then I woke up with my face in the dirt. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I guess I passed out. So that was scary. So immediately wanted to uh, go to the doctor, be like, hey, here's what happened, and um, figure out what was going on. So when I did that, they did an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of your heart. They did an EKG to make sure like all the electrical things were good. And then I wore a heart monitor for two weeks where they could just monitor things as I was going about my day. So the takeaway from that and was, you met uh, yeah, and then while I was wearing this heart monitor, that's <laughs> when I met Sydney, who is in cardiac rehab, so very, uh, what's the word for that? Not, I don't know. Serendipitous? You know, yeah, serendipitous. Ooh, great word. That's not what I was thinking Ser of. Serendipitous means, like, positive, I think. So, like, I, I think that just might be a coincidence. I thought it was, like, a positive coincidence, though. I don't know. It is a positive, like... It would be like, I have a bunch of dirt potting soil that I don't need. Where am I going to put this? And then your neighbor's just like, oh, I just bought a new plant. It's like, oh, that's serendipitous. Let me take your yeah. dirt. Okay. So anyways, the takeaways from this phase were um, my echocardiogram showed that my heart was a little thick, is what they told me. Like, there's some thickening in your in your ventricle. And I was like, okay. And they were like, and then your EKG is a little weird, but that's just because of the thickening. Like, those match up, and it's fine. And then the heart monitor showed nothing weird. So mm -hmm. they were like, okay, your heart's a little weird. All the flow through your heart is fine. We didn't see any electrical issues. And then they also were like, I think your passing out was just from a very strong vagal tone. So, like, your vagal tone is like if you sit down and stand up and you get lightheaded. That's your that's a vagal response. It's when your blood pressure suddenly drops. So and then if you're like clenching really hard and then you unclench, that's vagal tone. So when you're sitting down pooping and then you like are done and you stand up, that's kind of like a lot. And then if you're working out right before that, basically the more disparity there is, the more your blood pressure can drop. And my vagal tone is more than average, I guess. So I'm more prone to sudden drastic blood pressure drops, which then can make me pass out. So they're like, here are the kinds of things that would make you pass out. Try not to do those. And if you feel yourself passing out, try to lay down before you fall. <laughs> like, basically, just yeah. know know your body and know how to deal with this. So I was like, okay, cool. La-di-da-di-da. -da, on my merry way. So I was, like, not really concerned at all at that point. So then... Um, hold on. I have my notes. So what was phase two? All right. So then after that, 2021, two years later, I passed out again, similar way. But this time I was in the middle of a track workout and then stopped to poop and then went to continue the track workout, passed out. So same kind of thing. But then, so then I was like, ooh, this maybe I should. pooping. <laughs> I know, right? I, they're like, just stop pooping and you'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but then, so with that, I was like, should I go to the doctor again? Or is this just kind of like, I know what this is and I kind of messed up. But then I also had passing out episodes when I was getting blood drawn, which again, kind of common. And they're like, okay, that's a vagal thing. And then also at work during like a high stress situation, I kind of had like a panic attack, had to like step out of the room and like went and sat at a desk and then I passed out at the desk. So I was like, okay, I'm passing out for like various reasons now I'm going back. Mm -hmm. So 
Then I was like, hey, I want to get, like, a cardiac MRI to, like, get a real good look at my heart and make sure everything's fine. Which I think they might have suggested before, but I never got around to because I wasn't worried at all. But now, mm-hmm. yeah. I was coming back around. All along the way, too, like, anytime you've had a symptom, it's been talking to Sydney, talking to Rachel, Rachel talks to Greg. Like, you have a surgeon, a heart floor nurse, and a cardiac rehabilitation specialist. Like, all comparing notes and saying, ask for this specific test. Yeah, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are very knowledgeable about hearts in general. So, very fortunate in that. It's actually the main reason I married Sydney. I was like, I should probably just keep her around. Actually, this seems like a tactical move. My heart seems to be crapping out already. I need to ensure my future. Mm Mm-hmm. Free medical care. But no, really. So, I went to... So this was phase two, was I passed out multiple more times, and I was like, all right, I kind of want more information, because I don't know if that first diagnosis was, like, completely... I don't think that was the whole story. So mm-hmm. I got my MRI, and uh, they added another adjective to the diagnosis. So before it was a left ventricular hypertrophy, and then after the MRI, they were like, okay, it is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Which I think is just more words for kind of the same thing. But, uh, yeah, basically they were, like, the MRI kind of shows the same thing that the echo did. It's like there's a spot in your heart um, that's thickened. Uh, But this time they used the term scar tissue. They're like, there's scar tissue in your heart. And I'm like, well, why is that? Like, did I have a heart attack or something? Like, (laughs) and didn't know? I feel like I would know. But still wasn't, like, getting a ton of information. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It wasn't very clear to me. But then I started going down, like, a Google hole, and Sydney was talking to all of her people about, like, ooh, cardiomyopathy, like, here's all the things that can happen. It can, like, obstruct flow. This can be bad. There's, like, you can get surgery to try to remove the scar tissue, or, like, it can interfere, like, the thickened parts can interfere with electrical signals, which then gives you syncopes, which uh, syncopal episodes can make you pass out, so they're like, is there an electrical issue? So at this point, I was actually starting to like really panic, because I was like, mm-hmm. is something wrong with my heart, and is this going to kill me? That was kind of like a reality yeah. check, that I was like, what the hell is going on? And I got like really scared, yeah. and like kind of woozy, and stuff. Um, but, what, after wait, talk- can, I, can I ask, yeah. what, like, what is the actual setting when... You were panicking and having this bad Google hole. Were you like sitting um, there with Sydney? Were you like, yeah, I think like we have were you been pretty disciplined somewhere. about not doing research on your own? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I think we were driving somewhere. I forget where from or to, but that was when like the results came in. So I was like on my phone, like on my my chart app, like reading the results out mm-hmm. to Sydney, and then kind of like doing some research and stuff, and. I don't know. We were just, like, talking out, like, what it could be, what it could mean, what different things could... What potential procedures and things I might have to have in the future. And I'm like, ugh. It was just... I guess I've lived so much of my life just being like, ooh, we have great genes, I'm super healthy, I run, I eat good, blah, 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 I'm gonna live forever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then to have this just be like, ooh, no, something's wrong with your heart. And then I'm like, do I need heart surgery? And then, like, heart surgery is really scary. For them to, like, be cracking into your chest and doing all that stuff. Yeah, crack you open. Yeah, put all my organs in bowls. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, and then, like, having to get maybe, like, an implantable defibrillator where they, like, put something in your chest and then it's there forever. And I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with that nonsense. Just, like, all this stuff that I'm like, ugh. It makes flying a pain. Yeah. Apparently the technology is really good now where it doesn't. Like, it's really not that big of a deal, actually. But just to be like, my body is not functioning properly on its own anymore, and I need intervention, is just like a very reality check kind of moment that I'm like, ugh. Yeah. And I'm only 27. No, it's... Yeah, it's tough when you get that kind of news. I mean, I was like flipping out just because I found out that I had high blood pressure. Like, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know, but like, that's... Yeah, it... It's a gut punch. I feel like we value our health very highly. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. So then, that scared me. And then at that point, like you, you like gave me the reality check where you said like something's wrong and it's not good. Like it's not just like oh this is fine. 
Yeah. So then at that point too, oh, I was like, just starting to run again because my knee was feeling better. But then when I was running, I would have like chest pain and I was like, okay, is this because my heart doesn't work right? Like is running hurting me? Like, can I not run anymore? Can I not exercise? Like, is this going to affect my life? Like I'm only 27. I have so much left that like I want to do. So yeah. yeah, at this point there was some panic setting in, I would say. But, like you said before, I had Rachel and Sydney like advising me and everything. And Rachel um, works very closely with cardiologists, and one of like the best cardiologists around works at Ohio State Hospital. So she was like, "You should schedule some appointments here, meet with this cardiologist, and we'll figure out what's going on." So I did that. I went to Ohio State Hospitals. Um, they faxed the MRI data over or the results or whatever so he was able to look at those got another echocardiogram pinnacle of technology for osu's heart hospital (laughs) i know well the medical world uses fax still a lot because it's like secure i guess okay like you're not going to leak any medical records or anything but got another echocardiogram so another uh ultrasound um did an exercise test they could actually see my heart working and my blood pressure and everything as i'm exercising and did another heart monitor. So they did the echocardiogram and they saw the same thing, like the thickening, the scar tissue, but they kind of knew what they were looking for this time. So they were like, okay, yeah, I see what we're working with. And then this cardiologist was amazing and like sat down with me with like a model of the heart and like pointed and showed me everything that was going on and like everything that it might mean. So, and they added another adjective to my condition so now instead of just hypertrophic cardiomyopathy it's apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy okay yeah and one thing that i wanted to say here was i forget who recently pointed it out but um just the thought of like being a good doctor and what that means where it's like yes there's people who can like solve things better than others or like do a procedure better than others but like the responsibility of having someone's like health and life in your hands and like the effectiveness with the effectiveness with which you communicate what's wrong and like the next steps to the person, like all those soft skills of bedside manner. It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I used to think more about like, Oh, that just makes somebody like a more pleasant doctor to interact with. But it's like, not necessarily like it's actually a huge part of their job. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part I guess of their job. Like, taking care of the person. Like, being like, hey, yeah. here's what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. I don't For know. sure. Yeah, and being able to, like, empathize and stuff. Yeah, that's really important. Empathize, like, explain it well to where you understand what's going on. Like, yeah, imagine, sure. like, it, like, it's like, engineers, like, will talk over somebody's head sometimes, and it's like, oh, I don't understand exactly what you meant by that, but whatever, I trust you. Where it's mm-hmm. like, that is so much harder to do with a medical professional. It's like, no, you need to talk at my level because I need to understand this because I'm very nervous about this. Yeah, yeah because it's me. It's like, very applicable to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that's what I think I wasn't really getting at my other appointments, but then this cardiologist did such a good job of doing that for me. Yeah. So he explained it was apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So the part of my heart that had the scar tissue and was thickening was actually like the tip of my heart, which um, is in the grand scheme of things, that's like a very good place for that to be happening, or it's the least bad place for that to be happening, because what can typically be bad if you have scarring or thickening is that... Typically? (laughs) Typically. Is uh, it can close off certain valves or chambers or pass passageways in your heart and then it can constrict the flow and then that's when you run into issues but where mine is it's not constricting any flow right now and it's minimal they Mm -hmm. said it's like less than 10 percent scarring or whatever so they're like that's not a big deal um what else less than 10 percent of your whole heart less than i don't know what it's 10 percent of but they're like it's less than 10 percent so you're good and they said a tenth of it you know yeah so then he said, moving forward, now we know we can see it with an echocardiogram with the art, with the ultrasound, so we don't have to get an MRI every mm-hmm. time, but they're like, we'll just check in on it every few years to make, to like, check up on it, see how much it's scarring, and if it gets up to a certain point, I think they said if it gets up to like 15%, then they would start looking into things, 
or then they would start mm-hmm. looking into like uh, maybe an implantable defibrillator or like something to manage mm-hmm. it. Because he's like, it's not really constricting flow. The other issue is that if there's thicker parts, um, then it can interfere with electrical signals. So then it can cause your heart to not beat properly, and that's when you would need like a defibrillator. So then that's why we did the exercise test to kind of see how, like, because we had EKGs. They're like, okay, this looks fine. They're like, let's see how it acts when you exercise. So we were doing uh, EKGs while I was exercising. Um... I haven't got the exact full results on that, but it seemed like everything was okay. The weird thing was during my exercise mm-hmm. test, as it got more intense, my blood pressure started to go down. And they're like, that's yeah. weird. So, but also I haven't got any big takeaways from that either. Yeah. And also you were saying that it was like a walking test where they increased the incline and like pace of the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And then... At a certain point, you said, hey, I'd be running by now. Can I run? And then they said, yeah. So you, your uninformed opinion suspects, hey, I think like running was easier <laughs> for me. So I think that dropped the blood pressure. Yeah. But I'm no doctor, so I don't know. But then the other thing. But uh, I'm Sydney no was, doctor. <laughs> Sydney was looking through the results the other day, too. And she was looking at my recovery heart rate. So when you stop exercising, it's like how fast your heart rate slows back down. And my recovery heart rate is like. Like, my heart rate drops really fast when I stop exercising. And I'm like, well, I could have mm-hmm. told you that. Like, I can feel that in my chest. That's why I don't stop exercising immediately. Like, I, I slow jog, like I rev down, kind of. Because I don't like how that feels. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that could be a contributor to, like, my uh, vagal response or whatever it is. I don't know. So yeah, I don't we know. Did... I know that's, like, something that they, like, train Steph Curry in. Like, they'll have him doing a bunch of stuff and then, like, stop mm-hmm. and they'll, like, put a weighted vest on him and he has to get his heart rate under control as fast as he can. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's then, like you can yeah. stop and, like, ice cold shoot that three. <laughs> and then I wore another heart monitor, which I just returned yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see if there's any electrical issues, but I don't think there's any electrical issues. So he's like, yeah, if it's not constricting your flow and there's no real electrical issues, then like you're fine. Run as much as you want, bike as much as you want, like do all these things. So that was really reassuring. But then I was still like, how did we get here? You know? So I was like, mm-hmm. cause that's another thing is they said there's scarring in your heart. I was like, oh gosh was like all of this running and all this hard training I've done my whole life. Was I like overworking my heart and now I screwed myself? Like, is this something mm-hmm. I did? Um, so I was asking him a lot of questions about that. And he, it turns out that cardiomyopathy actually is just a genetic thing. So he's like, it's, n- mm-hmm. and then I was like, should I, should I exercise less to like slow down the scarring or like, are there things that I'll do that will speed it up? Like, should I change my life at all? And he's like, it's literally just your genes. Like what happens is, when the cells in your heart die, because cells in our bodies die, they're supposed to, like, kind of be mm-hmm. cleared out and then new cells go in to replace them. And he's like, what's happening in yeah. you is when your cells die, they just stay there and new cells come in and just pile on top of them. So the dead cells, mm-hmm. that's the scar that we're talking about. And then the new cells piling on top is the thickening, and that's why it's thickening. And that leads to all the issues that we've already talked about. So he's like, it's literally nothing you did, it's just your genetics. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then you said that they were also wondering, okay, is this something that is in our genes? So then you got gene tested, I believe, or genetically Um, tested. So that's another Um, appointment I have scheduled, is I'm going to get a genetics test. So then they can look at my genes to see if that's the cause and exactly what it is. And then if it is, then all of my siblings then should also get that test to see if you guys have it. Because here's the other thing, is that my, one of my takeaways, is that I started passing out and we fairly quickly assumed or determined that that was due to my vagal tone. So they're like, yeah, all the Mm -hmm. passing out and all the symptoms you've had are unrelated to this other thing that we now found. So it's like, if I hadn't passed out or had vagal tone, then um, I would be living my life normal and not know that I had this. So I'm like, I I think it's probably Mm. good that we found it. But then the other question is, well, am I more prone to passing out as like a, a distantly related symptom of this cardiomyopathy? Maybe. But... Yeah, so the fact is, it's like, you guys could all have it too, 
but just never had reason to look for it, so not known that you had it. So I'm really taking one for the team I here. I passed out. Looking out for you guys. A time. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, well, Jay yeah. passed out one time. And everyone's like, wait, what? And I'm like, <laughs> and then I told, because you, what was it? You stood up too fast and got lightheaded. That's that vagal tone. And then yeah, braced like, yourself I by putting your arms over your run. head. <laughs> I finished my long run and sat down for like an hour. And then I stood up really fast, got lightheaded, tried to brace myself on the ceiling. And then just woke up on the ground. And I was like, ah, yeah, dang it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm not the only one with vagal tone over here. Yeah. But yeah. But so that's kind of the whole uh I don't know, what's what of the physical yeah. what's going on with me. So then yeah, mm-hmm. kind I kind of wanted to talk about just the mental takeaways and how it's affected me cuz then it's like to hear about just to hear that it's my genes and they're like, yeah, it's just how your body is. This is how your body works and how you age and nothing you do mm-hmm. will speed up or slow this down, but it's just there. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's not really like a current threat and it's something you can just watch and be aware of, but it really, for the first time, made me realize how out of control we are of our lives in a lot of ways. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. for so long I've been like, oh, I eat well, I exercise, I'm doing all the right things to make sure I live the longest life possible. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing all those things, but the whole longest life possible for you is might be limited now because of things completely out of your control Mm -hmm. and it's like wow that just feels wrong yeah no i mean that that sucks um i think i was telling someone uh i think i was telling mike at the wedding i'm like yeah it's like not a threat or like i i'm have still have incredibly low risk for like sudden cardiac death but mm-hmm. in reality, I this could be a cause of my future death, eventually. Like this yeah. might this might this might be a significant factor in what does me in. And I'm like, just to know that it's there lurking now, it's like, wow. Yeah, kind of, that feel it just great. gives me kind mean, of a somber yeah, you, feeling. Yeah, and I mean, you never really know what it's going to be like. I have friends with a celiac, that I'm pretty sure that like significantly. Uh, like reduces your life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't I don't know, know that. About how I thought it was just like you can't. Yeah. These are people who are like extremely allergic to gluten. Like these are the actually like mm-hmm. intolerant of gluten people. Um, yeah. So I don't know the specifics. I might be talking out of my rear for that one, but um, yeah. It, dude. It just <laughs> it's not it's not good. Um. But then, so here, and I, I've, or, I feel like I would have taken this way worse than you. I've just, you think so? that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But now, ironically, I think now if I, if you found out that it was genetic and that I had it too, I feel like I would be like, oh, well, Brian has it. Like, what's... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> like, of a kind of like, twist. If we were all in it together, like knowing, I guess since I've heard about it so much from you, now it would be like less of a gut punch if I figured out. They would be like, oh yeah, you have that too. I'd be like, oh well. Like, like I feel like I'd be like kind of piggybacking on you having gone through this already. Be yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's not great, but it's okay. Yeah, and you'd have some sense of like, I don't know, camaraderie in a way almost. Or like, yeah, it's like, we're together now. We're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, that is a very somber feeling to be like, oh, I kind of like know what could potentially kill me now, and it's there. But then, yeah, to spin that in kind of a less pessimistic way is to just realize mm-hmm. the reality that okay, we're all gonna die from something, mm-hmm. and I don't know. In a certain way, kind of like knowledge is power. But then there is also kind mm-hmm. of like an ignorance is bliss. You can go either way with it. So I'm like, if this, if the main takeaway from this is that I'm going to die someday, like that's not news to me, really. Yeah. And there's still no guarantee that it's going to be any sooner or later because of this. So I don't know. Yeah. There's this guy that I've been following on Instagram for a long time. I think mistakenly because I didn't, I think I've like thought I knew him or something. I'm not sure. 
uh, or maybe, maybe the username was close to somebody else's, but anyhow, it's this guy who had like, he was like kind of a tubby-ish businessman guy, and then he found out that he had like genetic heart disease or something. Mm-hmm. That's and what then I have. He just kind of, yeah. He had like a he had a life turnaround where he just started running a lot, and then eventually doing ultra marathons and just like he got very fitness focused, and then so he kind of like departed from his previous life and now he's like an inspirational like speaker writer like does ultra marathons all the time. Met a wife who does ultra marathons all the time and like that's his thing. And now he's like shredded, like not like this huge dude. Like he he's an ultra marathoner. He looks like one, but. It's like, that's all he does now. He just like goes around and runs ultra marathons. And, um, like a lot of his posts are very similar to each other talking about like, Oh, I used to be fat and now I'm not fat. Or like I was fat and then I had genetic heart disease and then I did this and then I did this and like, now I'm here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of, there's a million stories about people making lemonade out of lemons. Um, yeah, but that was one of the thoughts that crossed my mind too. I was like, okay, I have potentially, I guess, pretty confirmed at this point, a genetic, well, not confirmed until I get the DNA test, but like a genetic heart disease. Mm-hmm. I, I like asked Sydney, I was like, I had the realization. I was like, D- is this heart disease? Like, do I have heart disease? And she's like, yeah, that's, this is a form of heart disease. And I was like, huh. I was like, man, I'm one of those stupid Americans that has heart disease now. I gotta start, like, um, eating Cheerios or something. I don't know. What do you do for this? Yeah, so then I had the thought, I was like, is this one of those, like, eye-opening moments that, like, I should stop working and, like, go be a, a motivational speaker now because I have genetic heart disease? Like, but I'm also a runner. You already and, like, are trying athlete. not to work. Like, huh? Yeah, I know. You're so, like, that was one thought. Um, I'm trying to remember the other thoughts that kind of flew through my mind when I was going through this. I should have written them down. <laughs> yeah. Because I had one, good, I did have one more that, I had one more that I wanted to discuss. But I can't remember now. Ah, so you've discussed me. Yeah, I told you and all my friends though, I was like, just so you know, because, <laughs> I don't know, I'm always in the camp of if you're not laughing, you're crying, so I'm like, hey guys, just so you know, like genetic yeah. heart disease, um, Heart disease jokes are on the table. <laughs> like, if we're yeah. playing games and you want to taunt me, you can make fun of it. Because I'm like, I don't care. Sydney does not like when I make light of it. But I'm like, it's it's a thing that's real and it's here. So, like, we can ignore it and be scared of it or we can embrace it and walk with it, you know? Yeah, it's I go back and forth on that because yeah, I'm the same way where it's like I'll joke about anything. Um Especially, like, the things... When I feel like, oh, people don't want to make a joke about this, I'll make a joke about it. If I'm in the position to. Um, but then, yeah, with your thing, it's like, I can understand how it might make you feel better, but I can also stand understand how it might make you feel worse. Like... I guess you don't um, want to be, like, reminded about it all the time, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it's like... I'll... I don't know. I'll talk about my blood pressure... Just to like, I don't know why, but it's like, I don't like it. Like, I don't like the fact that it exists mm-hmm. and it's frustrating to me. Um, yeah, so I don't know. And, and then like for you, like if I were to joke about your heart, it's like, that bums me out, you know? Yeah, like, it might not bum you out, but like, I don't know. But then like, I don't know, I could totally see me like playing spike ball and then being like, don't you go dying on me and like push you over yeah. or something <laughs> or uh yeah i don't know or like maybe there's some like ad for like some like heart disease medication i don't know i don't know how i'd joke about it or if i would but um i'll let you think about it i'm sure yeah. you'll figure it out <laughs> yeah but then it, i remember probably be like cheerios would be the thing i would joke because that's cholesterol and it's like, like incorrect it's heart <laughs> like, healthy <laughs> Yeah, it's like heart... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows? Oh, but then the other thing uh, I remembered was that it's like a genetic thing. So there's like, well, I'll potentially all get genetically tested. So then there's the possibility that like this has always been there and it's just never been bad enough Mm -hmm. to come up and no one's ever had any reason to look for it. But then there's also the possibility that I'm like, I'm the mutation and I'm the first one in our line to have it. Oh yeah, you're like the you're the you're the G- Geonosian. 
Yeah. So I'm like, wow, lucky me. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. But then what? Okay. Well, so then what is the I, actual words? Like you're the geonosis or the? I forget. There is a word for it. Like the initial mutation of it. But uh. Geriatric. No, I don't think that's it. <laughs> But when I had yeah, that realization, yeah. I was like, oh, so I'm like, I'm like one of the X-Men and my superpower is heart <laughs> <Yeah>. disease. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. <laughs> where, do, where does heart disease fall on the superhero bracket? Probably above night vision. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely above a mind control. Or psionic blast, whatever the hell that is. Um, mm-hmm. Healing but, factor. Yeah. Well... I'm I'm glad you could talk about this. I'm glad you're feeling all right about it, even though it's not good. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'm here for you. Well, Maybe thanks. in the way that I also have it. So I'm not going to feel too bad for you because maybe you have to pay it all back. But... Brian, look what you did to me. What the hell, Brian? <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyhow, uh... Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, Do you have any so, closing things you want to say to the folks at home? I guess just kind of a summary. So yeah, broad strokes. It was didn't know a lot and was really scared, then learned more and am less scared now and kind of in a good place where I'm like, okay, this is what we're working with and we're just going to work with it. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, yeah. happens. Knowledge is power. And if you want to know what's going on with the Weekly Wilson, follow us on Instagram, at Weekly Wilson Pod. We're posting all the stuff over there these days. Check that out. If you want to email in about Brian's heart, make fun of him for having heart disease, since that's on the table, um, email is weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. But, oh, also, Matt, we're going to read your email, or I don't know if we're going to release this in the order that we're recording it, but either we're going to read it or we've already read it and you're welcome. Uh, But keep those coming. We love the emails. Um, But Brian, until the end of next week, unless otherwise noted, my name's Jay Wilson. His name's Brian Wilson. And this has been The Weekly Wilson. Does that even count as scat? Dude, scat is whatever you want it to be, man. (laughs) Yeah. You can't really define art, can you? Yeah, it hardly counts as scat, Brian.